Another day in the peg. We're the Pigskin Beavers. I'm Eric. This is Nick. Welcome to another episode, folks. We're joined here by our beautiful Mike Blue. <laughs> Two of them now. You're my boy Blue. It's a nice day in Winnipeg, and we're still sticking with the podcast in here inside. So finally, all the hockey's done. Thank God. Those whiteout parties were a nightmare. I just got tired of pretending like I liked it. Yeah, and just people boozing. Well, I don't mind boozing, but it was just too continuous for me. Yeah, you had an ice cream today. That's pretty huge. Sandwich. I had five grams of fat for all you freaks out there. Tasted delicious, though. But nobody wants to hear about you. Nobody wants to hear about my obsession with uh, ice cream and empty calories here. I'm uh, we're looking at a couple of topics today. We're just looking at hard knocks with the Cleveland Browns uh, being chosen to feature on the show. Have you ever heard of this much hype for a, a bottom team in the league before? 0 and 16, and people are ready to to claim they're going to go to the playoffs. Or honestly, I think they could make it to the playoffs. The problem is, is you're one in thirty-one in the last two years. You've gone through God knows how many quarterbacks, and they actually made a lot of good off-season acquisitions and moves in the draft. The last thing you want is unnecessary media attention, and that's exactly what they did. Well, yeah, it's it's the, stupid, the man. Of it, just to give everybody an idea, the other teams that were eligible were the Broncos, the Chargers, the 49ers, the Ravens, and the Redskins. Like, out of those teams... They're all pretty like, tyson. Do, do you think the Browns would have been the top team? I think no. the Chargers, 49ers would have been two really good ones. Even the Ravens with Lamar Jackson coming in, you know, Joe Flacco, a veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar situa- situation to uh, Baker and Tyrod. Yeah, that's true. I think there's... Uh, if you are going from the show's perspective or even people who enjoy the show, uh, there's a lot of other teams that could have been a little bit better suited for the show. In my honest opinion, I'm a massive football fan. I think it's the dumbest show. HBO, like for your football teams, you don't want unnecessary attention or distractions. And HBO, what they do and produce best is drama series. So why create more drama in a camp when your focus is to just go out there and get your players ready for the season and win some games, not have like... Man, who cares about this? Seriously. I know the GMS sign off on it, but this team... Dorsey didn't want it, man. This is more of an ownership. Yeah. It's going to sell more tickets. It's going to get more and more fans curious about what's going on in the Browns. And let's face it, the Browns could probably use that type of excitement. Yeah, but man, honestly, the Browns have diehard fans. Like, it doesn't matter how bad they do. Like, they've been terrible forever. And their fans still stay loyal and strong. I just think it's a dumb thing because they brought in good pieces lay low, develop those guys, get them ready for the season. And if you really want to show your fans like how committed you are, get some wins early in the season and try to make a playoff push. John Dorsey, he even publicly said it. Like, There's nothing good about Hard Knocks. It brings no good to an organization. Uh, but like you said, though, it comes down to a GM and ownership. So I know Jimmy Haslam probably went into his ear and said, look, like this would be good for our fans and people who are slightly interested to get to know us. Do you think Hugh Jackson was interested? Uh, it's it's one of those decisions that's above the coach. I think it's interesting when you look at the history of teams in Hard Knocks. And there's been a lot of unforgettable moments uh, from Hard Knocks. Uh, you know, tw- last, just covering the last three years, the best record was 
the Houston Texans with a nine and seven record. They did have a lot better roster than Cleveland has right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did make the playoffs, and you look twenty sixteen. It was the LA Rams. They went four and twelve. Very, very barely made Last it. Last year, it's been uh, it was the the Bucks. And to give everybody an idea, since Hard Knocks started in two thousand and one, there's only only been five playoff appearances, three wins. In the playoffs, it's crazy. It's not gonna. This is. It's not. It's not gonna be the reason why your team's not gonna make it far. It's just. It's an added distraction. Added distraction, and yeah. those guys have enough to worry about. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Now, you know, if we're diving into the to the Browns, what are what are the main storylines here? I, the, I mean, the first one that has to pop to everybody's head is what's the dynamic gonna be like between Tyrod Taylor and. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I honestly, right now, it's been pretty good so far. I, Tyrod, throughout his whole career, has been get, given unnecessary criticism, taking heat from like coaches, uh, executive management. The guy's never thrown anybody under the bus. He stayed focused. He's only twenty eight too. He's young, He's man. He's young for a quarterback. That's a pro- that's the thing. Like he and he played well. And the whole thing of bringing Baker Mayfield in as a first overall pick. A lot of people are saying, look, he's cocky, he's arrogant, he's loudmouth. I actually think since he's been drafted, he's been very quiet and he's been very professional. Like you hear some of his interviews, he has nothing but praise for his teammates, even the other guys who drafted as well. He's better though, man, because... Uh, but do you agree high, though? High picks, oh, I, I do Like agree. a lot of people portray him a different way and so far he's handled himself very well. Well, you know, I think he's a smart guy. Yeah, and the way that he's acknowledging the complexity of joining an NFL team and he's not taking for granted the fact that yeah he's the number one pick but he's gonna have to earn everything he gets on the field yeah absolutely and he's not going out saying look I'm gonna win Super Bowls I'm gonna come out and start right out of the gate like he's actually said publicly he's accepting the fact he's gonna be sitting behind Tyrod and he wants to learn keeps on saying yeah and that's what I mean my guy we've seen this play out a ton of times but the guy like Tyrod Taylor Leads Buffalo to the playoffs last year after their long playoff drought. The guy has just been clawing his way through his career. He was a sixth-round pick in 2011 from Virginia Tech. He has the second-lowest turnover ratio for quarterbacks in the NFL. Says it all. I mean, he's mobile, too. I think he's a great uh, fit for Cleveland to get them started. I'm not going to say he's going to go out there and sling it nonstop. Like He's going to encounter some barriers. He's not going to have Shady McCoy anymore, either. But he's got Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb. They did like they did well stacking that backfield. Hey, you just proved my point. That's a big, big well, drop off from Lashawn McCoy, don't you think? Yeah, but Carlos Hyde just made the top one hundred for NFL players. He had a great, he had a quiet season last year, but it was a good season. Still, eight touchdowns, almost a thousand yards rushing, and it was the first time in a long time we actually saw him utilize his receiver. Nick Chubb's a very good running back between the tackles. So I think Duke Johnson's also a good passing. And game. yeah, they got three weapons back there, and not to mention the receivers, man. They got Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, and Jarvis Landry, who's the I think the best slot receiver in the NFL. And then uh, you got a great tight end in David Joku. So I think offensively they're set to uh, make some noise. It's just uh, my question is their defense. Like you got Miles Garrett on the line, and they drafted. Uh, uh, with Chad Thomas out of Miami in the third round. A lot of people were pretty pissed off they didn't bra- uh, draft uh, Brad Chubb. But this guy actually, you know what, he played very well for Miami. He's a big dude and he's fast. So I'm happy Cleveland went after somebody to go on the line with Garrett. So it's going to make it easier for the linebackers like Jamie Collins and uh, Christian Kirksey. 
And then, you know, for the corners, they got EJ Gaines, Demarius Randall, Denzel Ward, and you got Jabril Peppers back there. So hopefully Greg Williams has a plan for these guys. You're right. There, there are a lot of question marks on the defensive side. One big one's going to be is Jamie Collins going to live up to that massive contract That's right. he signed a couple years ago. Well, he played lights out with the Pats, and then when he came to Cleveland... He, he only played six games last year. Injuries, yeah. Look at his contract. Four-year, $50 million contract. Mm-hmm. He's got to earn that money. That's the thing, yeah. You know what? And like I said, they got pieces in there. I just want to know how this whole hard knock thing is going to play out with the players. I think, I think one really good storyline is going to be who's going to replace Joe Thomas. Right now we're looking I, at... I can't uh, name guys right now on Sean the line. Coleman and their second-round pick, Austin Corbett. But that is a That's a drop-off. And you got to think, you know, Joe, Joe Thomas is going to have a Hall of Fame career. But if he's still in that O-line, you got to think they're a top-five group. they got Joel Batonio, who's a great player, Kevin Zeitler. You think he's kicking himself? He's picked this year to retire, the year they bring in all these pieces? When's it's, the- it's tough to say, man. He, he had a good long career. He had that crazy Iron Man streak going of... Uh, yeah, he did, and then it ended there with that injury that took him out for the rest of the season there. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much the injury plays in that uh, decision because for a guy like that who hasn't had... You know, hasn't missed any significant time. It was his first first spell in a season where he was actually away from the team and away yeah. from games. Maybe he realized, you know, I mean, he's, he's got his own podcast and radio show that he does. Look, man, most people don't realize, like, unless you're a hardcore football fan, for offensive linemen, they take the brunt of the beatings. They take the most consistent beatings out of any player on the field. It's consistent impact. So for Joe Thomas to make it as far as he did, that's huge. Like, I'm paralleled, right? So I think it just caught up with him, man. And the problem is, too, like, man, they just had garbage offense forever. Like, for the guy to, like, hold the fort down for that long, like, yeah, 100% he's in the Hall of Fame discussion. 100%. Now, if we're going to uh, move on to another uh, Browns quarterback, Johnny Manziel signs with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Hey, you know what? It's your deal. What, what was the money like on that contract? Johnny's got a hundred and twenty-two thousand base salary. There's a bunch of things mixed in here. Ten thousand dollars signing bonus. He's got eighteen grand for housing stipend. He's got ten grand if he's active for six games. Another ten for ten games active. Another ten for fourteen games active. And then he gets hundred and twenty thousand dollars on top of everything if he plays half the snaps. And as of March first, he gets a seventy-five thousand dollar offseason bonus. And for twenty eighteen, he gets two hundred two thousand base with same incentives. Yeah, it is a two-year deal. I like that it's a two-year deal as well because it shows fans that he's not looking at it as a one-year stop. Although in reality, he is. Mm-hmm. He's he's trying to. Get he wants to get back to the NFL. NFL. That's what he's possible. got his mind on. Uh, you know, I really like that he's doing this. He's obviously got an uphill battle to climb to get back into the league. But there's other guys who have been in a similar situation, mind you, for different issues. Let's say Tim Tebow, for example. Great guy. He didn't have off-field concerns. But right. he couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. And a lot of people said, Tim, why don't you go play in the CFL? You know, put put that game tape on. Show, show scouts you're still dedicated to being a quarterback. And he would refuse to play. He would refuse to move to the CFL. I'm sure he had his own reasons, but to NFL owners and managers, it shows Johnny's willing to do whatever it takes to get back. To yeah, football. absolutely. He's been a long removed from football, and he just wants to play again. 
you know, with this whole bipolar issue as well, he's getting that under uh, control with his medication. But uh, I think the time he spent away from football, he's really realized, like, this is what I want to do with my life. I got a window to make it happen. And if I don't, I want to regret it. So hashtag comeback season. Yeah, I've been seeing that a lot online. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm happy for the guy. Like, he's trying to make a push back. And realistically, it's a great fit for him because in college where he thrived, Texas A.M. ran out of the shotgun offense a lot, which the CFL is primarily based oh, on, right? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Like all, all the snaps, like no no quarterback. Like, oh, I'm not saying no quarterback, but they rarely go under center and do a five-step drop back. Like, it's always shotgun. And, I, you know, I know we don't talk a lot of uh, CFL here. Uh, it is going to be a big transition for him. You know, you go to the 12-man game. Mm-hmm. Diff- way different less style. downs there's three downs only three downs i love the 65 yard width for the field well that's the thing bigger field and bigger end zone he's quick and i really think his athleticism is going to match up well with the league well man speaking of athleticism i'm just going to read off some stats here from his college because he really took a drop off when he made it in the nfl manzel's had two years where he really shined in texas so 2012 and 13 games Manziel threw for 3,706 yards, 26 TDs, 9 INTs. And then he also rushed for 1,410 yards with 21 touchdowns. That is stupid. He had 155 he quarterback like rate. He was. But, man, like you and I watch college football a lot. He literally came out of nowhere. And then he replicated the stats in 2013. He had 4,114 yards passing, 37 TDs, 13 INTs. And then he had 759 yards rushing with nine touchdowns. A little less running around, but still, like you look at his tape. The guy scrambled a lot. I think the one flaw with him is he doesn't look down for – he doesn't make his check down. So – if his number one option's not there, he's looking to run. He's looking to run. And I think another thing that concerns player uh, teams in the NFL is his, it's his stature. He's not the biggest guy. Like, he is six feet. He's about 205 pounds. But he, Doug Flutie was scoring, a small dude too, though, right? Yeah, but Doug Flutie wasn't well, he had, he, quarter, a starting quarterback in the NFL which a lot of people thought he deserved that opportunity. He had he had a longer he had, at the beginning of his career he had a long stretch in the NFL and then he went to CFL and then came back, right? So and, and then I remember he led Buffalo to the playoffs and they ended up starting the younger guy instead. I'm trying to remember the name. Before my time, man. Before my time. That's YouTube videos yeah, for me. I was still in Brazil <laughs> playing soccer. I, I was still confused about what the real football was. Yeah, no, I. No <laughs> but like, yeah, if we're talking about guys like that's Spanish, by the way, we speak Portuguese in Brazil. I don't know the difference between Shout the out two. To Flamengo Futebol Americano. Way to go, Nick. But if we're talking about guys going to CFL to try to get back to the NFL too, like remember Ricky Williams, same issue, right? Like he was out of the NFL for a bit with his marijuana uh, addiction, and then uh, played for the Argonauts for addiction. a bit. Well, addiction, yeah. No, he, like, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. But it, he Let played the for the Argonauts. Smoke. But, man, and then he came back, and he actually played well with Miami. Him and Ronnie Brown split carries for the Dolphins. And uh, he, he still played, like, relatively well. Not not close to what his MVP caliber years were before he got suspended. Well, you know what? I, I like that you brought that up because I, I came across this list of other notable NFL players who played in Canada. So starting with, you know, Fred Blitnikoff, that was in the 60s, a little bit before our time. He was a Hall of Fame player. We look at Doug Flutie, 
Mark Gastineau, who I believe still holds mm, the yeah, sack yeah, yeah. record for... Oh, no, Michael Strahan beat his single-season sack record. Strahan did, yes. And then you look at Ricky Williams, Chad Ochocinco-Johnson. That's right, and yeah. Johnny Manziel. Dude, what about uh, Cameron Wake? Started off with the uh, BC Lions, and then he's now... I think this is his sixth year now making on the NFL Top 100 list. Pro Bowl player. He met, oh, he, okay, again, not getting too much into the CFL. Cameron Wake credits his ability to get off the line very fast because in the CFL there's a bigger gap between the D-line and O-line so he had to learn how to leverage himself more to get a better jump so he now preaches that every time when he's interviewed about why he's so good off the line he said the CFL taught him that so but he's uh yeah he's a consistent Pro Bowl player that came out of the CFL so I think Madzell's got an opportunity here again like it's it, it Fits him well because of the style of offense and how maybe it's similar to the style he ran at Texas A&M. And then, yeah, I think if he's able to stay clean and Do stay focused. option plays. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm definitely pa- going to Play way. action, yeah. Well, but that's the, blue bombers versus tight. I'm would, going to watch if, oh man, if he's starting. That's the other thing we got to talk about. It's like guys or uh, women as well like who are not that interested in the CFL and pay attention to the NFL this actually will entice them to go to some games like why it's not be really good and Hamilton's pretty close to the border so you might even get some American fans come up why not right what did you think about his uh, partnership with uh, Barstool Sports I, you know what it's just a good side gig for him right like they're doing really well there with Barstool they covered Manziel so many times there's been so many memes about the guy too right so like he take he took it well but, uh, yeah, whatever they have set up with uh, him, he seems pretty happy about. And it's something that's going to be going on the side if his NFL career, his football career in general, ends pretty soon. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's good. Yeah, it's fine. Why not, Ram, right? You see a lot of athletes now going to Barstool Sports. Yeah, it's... It's crazy. It's like really a whole new trend. It, I don't really know what it means. I'm sure there's going to be some sweet swag. and It's not so it's much... It's going to be more, more and more... Uh, publicity for the cfl which is going to be cool to see whether or not we get to see him live in winnipeg yeah uh, I want. but you know let's just put the money down on the table does johnny manzel play in the nfl and i know it's so early to say because who knows how it's going to go go this year in the cfl but let's say he plays out his two-year contract is he back in the nfl after that play or just make nfl um, like actually see the field Will Johnny Manziel ever start a game in the NFL again? Oof. I don't know, man. I haven't seen him play in two years. I'm going to say no right now because it's been a long time. Does he make an NFL roster? Could. So, th- so early. I'd be, it'd be early to tell. I'd be more inclined to say he at least make a roster as a third strain or something. But to start right now, that's way off. Like I can't even imagine that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, I think we've uh, covered the CFL ju- just about enough. Uh, looking uh, forward to another quarterback, uh, Colin Kaepernick. It sounds like his uh, collusion collusion case against the NFL is actually outlining evidence that teams thought he was a good enough quarterback in the league. Uh, and according to uh, Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, um, teams viewed Kaepernick as a starting quarterback. Uh, in 2017 and they still continue to view him why do we act surprised that is my question i it never it never had anything to do with football literally never had anything to do with his football skills it was the whole anthem thing 
and this just proves that this is great this is good for his uh his case though for the collusion his lawyers were saying that too they just got to get more paperwork but man if you're it's an owner decision 100 percent, man but if you're a football fan or just have a general knowledge of football and you've watched him play you know he could play for he could start and he could be a backup 100 percent. some of the bums being signed ahead of him man and even though he started a, a super bowl five six years ago carried them against the baltimore ravens look man like you're seeing guys like drew stanton brandon whedon are you kidding me and like other guys making backup roles like they're second string guys making nfl rosters these guys have Austin n- Davis, Matt Bark. Man, these guys cannot sit in a pocket and throw a ball. They literally crumble and they just make the worst decisions. Kaepernick at least makes good throws. He's got a strong arm and he doesn't He's, turn the ball he does over. Struggle a bit with touch. He does, but man, remember he his last deserves a job. 100%. Last year was San Francisco. His last season was San Francisco, I should say. 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. That is a guy that's very calculated. He won't throw a ball if he feels like it's going into the defender's hands. And overall, his career, he's been good. He's got 72 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. His quarterback rating is almost 89%. And he's thrown for 12,271 yards. You look at the list of those guys. I just said Drew Stanton, Brandon Whedon. They don't come close to that. Drew Stanton's been in the league also a lot longer than Kaepernick has, right? That's true. So, and Brandon Whedon's, you know, he got drafted pretty high by Cleveland in the first round when in his draft year, and he never panned out to be what they thought he would. Well, but, I, I think the one thing that really could have avoided this whole situation was when Ray Lewis came out last year saying that the Ravens were really close to signing him. Well, and I, rem- I don't know if you remember, but his girlfriend, his girlfriend screwed the whole thing a up. Picture of comparing Ray Lewis and Steve Biscotti, the Ravens owner, to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jamie Foxx and Django and Chain. Was it Ray- a movie about slavery? Dude, was it Ray Lewis or Ozzy Newsom who's their GM? Ozzy Newsom's black. I think it was Ozzy Newsom because Ozzy Newsom was high on bringing it. Ray Lewis, okay, no, no. Ray you, Lewis was the one who Ray, talked about it on an NFL network. He did. He actually recommended, though, because he's still close with the organization, they should bring in Kaepernick. Ozzy Newsom was interested, and then that's when Kaepernick's girlfriend tweeted the comparison. Your boyfriend's been out of football for a while. He's looking for a job, and you go and do that? Like, give your head a shake. Come on. Like the guy, and I feel bad for the guy. Like he, like I don't. I'm not getting in politics. He took a stance for something he believed in strongly. Still wanted to play football. Not getting reward for it. And then you go do that, and you break his knees like that. Like come on. Like, I just, I just love his fro. Yeah, he's rocking it. Yeah, <laughs> he's embracing it fully, man. Like, but it's it's under. I would like to see him on an NFL field soon. So what's what's the outcome though? Let's say. Let's say he wins his grievance. I'm not quite sure. Do you think he still wants to play football still? Oh, uh, 100%. Or else he wouldn't be going after this. But is he just going after it because he's that pissed off now? Because he does a lot of activist talking now. I'm just wondering. I think he wants to bring attention to the fact that and this is the the owners are going to really are probably already really aggravated by this is he wants to bring attention that, you know, the employers of the league are colluded against him for essentially uh, acting on his right to free speech. So what the outcome of that will be, you know, whether or not he's going to get a job after he wins, whether or not that's going to help him get a job is a whole different story. That's true. I don't don't think you can force any team to sign him. 
I do really wish there was one team that would just stick their necks out there, get this story over with. Just get it, yeah, erase sign it. Sign him, play him in the preseason. If he does well, hey, maybe he's earned a roster spot. But if he plays bad in the preseason and there would be a lot of pressure on him in the preseason, then hey, you kick the tires. You know what, man, though? The bottom line is a lot of owners are scared of fans not coming to games. That was oh. a huge thing last year. They said the ratings were down because of this whole anthem thing. So I'm wondering if... A team does bring them in. They're worried their own fans are going to start showing up. And it's actually, I thought it was kind of just like, you know, all talk. But it showed sometimes like fans were legitimately not showing up the games because of it. So Well, and when you see other players like Eric Reed, who's, you had no reason why he shouldn't be signed, but he was another guy who kneeled. He was a Pro Bowl safety at a point. And he's young still. He's like 25. It's it's funny, right? Like you, It's crazy, you man, to think about it. Who, pretty much almost killed people. Or, yeah. You know, I know Junior Galette a few years ago, for example, was seen uh, hitting women and other guys on the beach with a belt, and he gets a he gets signed, no problem. Yeah, I don't understand it, man. Tyree Kill right beat up his priest. pregnant girlfriend. Joe Mixon punched out a chick, and these guys are getting jobbed. That's the thing. I Again, I'm not getting into this. It's a 10-second rant. Americans, I feel, are very quick to forget about certain things. Or just not Americans, but just for maybe football fans in general or sport fans. If you, somebody does something wrong, we razz them for the time being. But then the minute they start performing, we forget about it. So my question to you is, if a team did take a chance on Kaepernick, where would he be the best fit? Hmm. Which team do you think he would fit well My with? favorite team for him would be the Seahawks. Yeah? And I, I think they already kicked the tires on him. Uh, because I know they ended up signing Austin Davis instead because they asked him whether or not he'd keep kneeling. Oh, that's right, yeah. Austin and Davis, not a good quarterback, man. I think he'd be a good fit because I just like what Pete Carroll does. I think it would kind of fit their culture of having different personalities. He would never... Similar he, quarterback. Another he would never play, would though. would be Tennessee. Like, it's got to be a team yeah. with a mobile quarterback. You know, you go to a team like Tennessee, we got Marcus Mariota, you don't have, really have to change the... I like I like the, the Tennessee label. option better than Seattle, because in Seattle, he would never start. Russell Wilson's there for the long haul. Well, I love uh, Marcus Mariota, so hopefully he'd never start. I do, Mar- I do. I like Marcus Mariota as well. You want to hear a team I think he would actually be decent on and has injury problems? No, I really don't care what you think. <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, eh? Warm climate. He stay there practice all year round the guy's a mobile quarterback you got a good backfield right yeah hey we we, we, we could talk about this all day we got to do a segment on dream destinations for quarterbacks trade scenarios yeah another guy i could see really really liking south beach would be jacoby Brissett. yeah I, is the he, you know the he's Ryan good Tannehill experiment seems like it's almost over so but that's not what they're saying they're saying they still believe in him they what they're saying and what they do. It could be smoke screens, right, right, right. Smoke yeah. screens are very real in the NFL. I got that. Yeah. So, you know, why don't we uh, move on to a, another very interesting topic? Uh, we came across a uh, article this week by uh, Bucky Brooks, a uh, contri- uh, analyst for NFL.com, talking about the wisdom and the history behind uh, these expensive quarterback contracts. Uh, yeah, Nick actually pointed this me out over the weekend. It blew my mind because we always talk about it too. It's like you, your chances of going far in the playoffs and potentially winning a Super Bowl and getting a good team is getting a cheap quarterback. 
getting them on that rookie contract. Build studs around them. They're going to carry your team. And then your quarterback, all he has to do is make his plays. And he doesn't have to do anything like extra or boy or whatever. But when I dove into this, it blew my mind. Like going back to as far as 2009, uh, there's only been three quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl who took more than a 10% cap hit on their team. See, that's an interesting statistic. And it's interesting because, you know, football, all we think about is, yeah, quarterback is the most important position. Well, if you want, yeah. Like, man. Not every quarterback who's paid that top level money, for example, Joe Flacco, is the kind of quarterback that carries the team, elevates the play of his teammates. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see when you get these new names uh with big deals such as jimmy garoppolo matt stafford Derek carr joe flack man it really restricts your team from like you said surrounding them about studs like good defensive players a good old line yeah and i mean you look at you, matt ryan and aaron Rodgers; they've had big deals over 100 mil but those guys have taken their teams to the super bowl russell wilson did it but he was on a cheap contract do you want to know how cheap Okay, so back in 2014, Russell Wilson won his first Super Bowl. His cap hit was $681,085. Think about all the extra guys that they signed with that. His cap hit was 0.6% of the total team's cap space. That is insane. And yeah, he played very well. But you got guys like Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, Michael Bennett, like... Richard Sherman, it's all Pro Bowl defenders. Well, and I mean... Guys that turn the ball over, they get you touchdowns, keep your offense fresh, and your offense doesn't have to make too many big plays because your defense is doing three and outs on the other team. Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring up uh, Russell Wilson because when he signed his five-year extension, it was about uh, a $90 million deal. And... His cap hit for 2018 is only 15 and a half mil. That's not too bad. No, no. Like, you think about it, isn't terrible. Now, look, the, having the, a under million dollar hit is is a lot uh, easier for a team to handle. Well, but like that's what you're saying though. It's like when you, if you're able to get a good quarterback in a draft and you got him under his rookie contract, and you have the chance to go out and get some good defenders and free agency or via trade and a very good O-line. You got a good chance of making playoffs. And if you get lucky enough, make it to a Super Bowl and win. Those quarterbacks I was mentioning that took over a 10% cap pick, by the way, were Tom Brady, Eli Manning, and Peyton Manning. So Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Eli? <laughs> don't I believe me, in Eli. <laughs> don't get me started on that. But it, guys who have won multiple Super Bowls. And that's where you know I say, okay, if he's uh, all st- like a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, like you list off those guys, sure, devote the money to them. But you know, if we're going to the conversation of Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan, good quarterbacks, but would you call them Hall of Fame quarterbacks or future Hall of Fame quarterbacks? That's the thing. Yeah. Not yet, but that's the thing. They haven't won Super Bowls. They haven't. Matt Ryan's gone to the Super Bowl, but Matt Stafford hasn't made it far in the playoffs. So, if you're restricting your team by devoting your money to that one player, how do you expect to make it that much further? Yeah, and for any anyone interested in diving deeper into this uh, article, it's called "Franchise Player or Cap Hog," which I think you know it outlines the topic 
almost perfectly. And who knows, maybe it will change the way business is done in the NFL and teams will... It won't though, man. Because you'll never let a top quarterback uh, walk. No. Because if he walks and goes to another team, like, for example, Kirk Cousins... He got paid all that money. If because he, goes, he got tagged three years in a row, which was stupid. he Minnesota and wins, and Washington does poorly, yeah. they're going to be talking about that for decades. Oh, for sure, man, yeah. So GMs don't want to be the guys who let their franchise quarterbacks walk out the door. But at the same time, if, that, if Washington was able to pick up other key pieces, such as Paul Richardson mm-hmm. and... Uh, I had to be... Man, they honestly they don't have a they lot, didn't really dude. Pick up a lot of other guys. No, man, because they're relying on Jordan Reed, who's been in and out quite a bit. Uh, they got Smaj P Ryan and Darius Geis in the backfield, and then for like a go-to wideout in Washington right now, they have Josh Doxson, who's walking into his third year. I wouldn't say he is a go-to option every time because he hasn't played a ton. Uh, he may be emerging, but like, yeah, you're relying heavily on guys who have a small sample size. Look, the other issue is though is these GMs, as much as you know, you're saying, yeah, they don't want to let that guy walk away. They're setting a dangerous precedent for how much quarterbacks should be getting paid. The whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing, he's won seven games, people, and he got a $137 million contract. I get it. The guy looks promising, but by no means is he, he should be getting that kind of money right now. Yeah. That's and way I, too small. It's for, And that's the thing is for one player. It's way too small of a sample size. Yeah, and Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is taking up 20.9% this year. Stupid. So 20.9% for Jimmy. Matthew Stafford, 15%. Derek Carr, 14.1%. Joe Flacco. This yeah, is a joke. That's a joke. He's getting way too much money. And he didn't win that Andrew Super Bowl. Luck, 13.8%. Yeah. Andrew Luck's a whole different story. Because if he was healthy these last two years, the way his career was going. He's a generational he talent. He's a generational talent. Yeah, he just it's the whole issue with his shoulder and him not being able to get on the field right now. But, you know, to think, uh, to me, the idea of spending over 10% on one player for a 53-man roster, it has to be one of the blue-chip guys. Now, when we when we talk blue-chip quarterbacks, the names that come to my mind is Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Yeah, I, 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 no, I, see, I do. A lot of analysts exclude him, but I include him for sure. Cam Newton, I would honestly put... Big Ben and Philip Rivers in that. Yeah, point. why not, man? Those guys have been playing lights out. Is Matthew Stafford in that? I think he's... You know, he's approaching he, it. He's approaching it, but he hasn't... He, I don't think he's there yet, man. He's had no running game. Well, that's on the GM. Historically bad running yeah. game year after year. I don't get Detroit, man. I think this year, maybe they have solved that. They brought in a, a veteran presence like LeGarrette Blunt, and they draft that rookie, uh, Johnson, out of... Uh, Miami, don't quote me on that, but I think uh, this might be the year where they actually have a decent backfield. Amir Abdullah hasn't panned out to what they thought he would be. But let's, the only thing is, again, with Matt Stafford, he got paid big money, right? But with these, like, if you're a GM and you're handing out money like that to these guys, what are guys like Aaron Rodgers and the others saying now? It's like, look, I play better than this guy, and he's getting paid way more than me. Am I not worth as much as him, or am I not as worth? Uh, I don't, I don't mean as much to the franchise as this guy does to his. So that's what I mean by that dangerous precedent. It's you're setting standards now, where then other QBs are measuring against it, and they're like, "Look, I'm better than that dude. When my contract's approaching its end, I want to, or I want to renegotiate. It's going to be higher than his." So I think this is a huge problem going forward. Like it's 
we're getting into like the peak of it, right? Oh yeah. So eventually, like, it's either you get a realistic quarterback saying, "Look, I want to win still, so maybe I got to take a pay cut." Yeah, I, and I think that you know having this discussion brings us to a interesting debate as to whether the NFL should ever implement a similar system to the NBA. Would they get like TV contracts? Contract. Yeah. And and getting into the TV contracts, I think. I think it's almost inevitable the NFL is going to have a lockout because the players are going to They're realizing, really man. demand the guaranteed money. But going back to the quarterback, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be making 19.8 mil this year. That's still... He's worth it, though. He's still very good, but he's only he's only signed for another two years. So he's going to be getting a bit... You think he's getting a big extension because they're not going to let him play out his last year. No, absolutely not. Yeah. There's no way. No, there's no way because then he has the chance of walking away. Yeah, and honestly, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm hoping that we start adding some more pieces because this year was the first year in a long time. Well, they finally gave him a tight end with Jimmy Graham. Well, yeah, they start adding guys like Muhammad Wilkerson being aggressive on the line. in the draft, getting two corners. Yeah, Josh Jackson and uh, Jair Alexander. Yeah. Let's go. Green Bay has no excuse not to be. They're flying under the radar, actually, yeah. Well, they are, but... I really like some of their pieces, but they've just been kind of one of those teams who've done nothing in free agency year after year. That's true. Uh, I think those cornerbacks could potentially be MVPs for their team and the key to their turnaround. Well, it was interesting to see them go that way too because they typically didn't in the past, but they're loading up there. But yeah, no, like you said, like they're realizing Aaron Rodgers, his contract's coming up soon. And they want to build a strong team around him, make him still want to play in Green Bay. When he won in 2011, by the way, he had a $6.5 million annual salary. Proving our point. Crazy, man. It's absolutely nuts. The guy's got video game numbers. Looking at his stats here, he hasn't thrown more than 10 picks in a season since uh, 2010. Man, he's very intelligent. He knows when to throw the ball away. 16, 40 touchdowns. Yeah, he's. I think he he's the best quarterback in football right now. He throws wow, the best ball. I think so too. Hands down. Hands down. And, and when he gets out of the pocket too. That franchise is, you got to think Green Bay and Indianapolis Colts getting two Hall of Fame. Well, Andrew Luck up for debate still. But Peyton Manning before him. Yeah. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and then you look at Green Bay. Brett, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. They do it right with the QBs there, yeah. What would a team like Cleveland do for that type of continuity? Bad management, man. They just never look, looked into it much. So, But, yeah, I don't know. I want to – hopefully this uh, resolves and doesn't go too crazy with the contracts. Yeah, but, I, I agree. Now, let, you know, let us know what you guys think about this uh, quarterback contract conundrum. Should your team be willing to just hand out the keys to the quarterback, or should they make him really? Should they go the Kirk Cousins route and franchise hey man, tag you, until they really prove that? Well, Kirk Cousins still got paid, and he didn't even win a playoff game. That's the thing, but he's good. It's not. It doesn't fall on him solely, man. Yeah. Four thousand yards, three years in a row. Well, that's yeah. It's well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a very interesting question. We, we're not the ones who make these decisions, but it sure is fun pretending. I do really, really hope that these guys earn their money because to see a guy... They go through a beating. 20% in Jimmy Garoppolo of their team's cap when he's only once... He's only started seven games is a little bit ridiculous. It upsets a lot of veterans. It upsets a lot of veterans, but hey, if he goes out and keeps winning games and 
leads that team to winning. Show that you deserve that money, man. Better show it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, Tune in for our next episode coming up uh, later this week. Uh, Nick and I haven't talked about a topic yet, but we will look into it. And uh, there's always headlines popping up, so we'll keep in touch. We're now available on Apple Podcasts, so come check us out. Nobody's nobody's <laughs> on SoundCloud apparently, so we made the big move. Hey, we're serving the people. And shout out to Jordan Dewey from the Kansas City Chiefs, giving us a follow. Appreciate it, and best of luck this uh, OTAs and uh, training camp. Stay healthy, and until next time. I don't know this music, Eric Skate.